Agriculture is the integrated science, the place where biology, chemistry, and mathematics all come together. But how comfortable are we at teaching math? Improving Ag Teacher Math Teaching Efficacy. That's today's topic on Owl Pellets. Welcome to Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers Podcast. We share research-based tips and tackle the tough questions facing agriculture teachers every day. The Owl Pellets crew is Kate Shoulders from the University of Arkansas, Marshall Baker from North Carolina State University, Mike Ritalik from Iowa State University, and Brian Myers from the University of Florida. We are your agricultural education resource across the web. Jason Dossett and Christopher Stripling, welcome to Owl Pellets. Thanks for being here with us today. Thank you so much. So as we get things started, uh, Jason, start us off. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, my name is Jason Dossett. I'm an ag teacher in East Tennessee at Daniel Boone High School. Uh, this is my ninth year teaching at Daniel Boone. Um, the research that we're talking about today, uh, Dr. Stripling and I wrapped up in late 2017. Um, been, uh, been excited about talking about this for a while now. So Very cool. thanks for having us. So you brought this guy along with you, Christopher Stripling. Who are you and why are you here? I don't know. Somehow I migrated from <laughs> south to Tennessee, as far north as I want to go. Uh, but I am a teacher educator. I taught high school agriculture in Georgia, completed a PhD at an institution further south that we won't even mention. Go Gators. Uh, <laughs> and then found my way to Tennessee. Uh, I'm just going to have to throw in a Go Gators there. <laughs> go, go Vols. Well, before this devolves anymore, oh my gosh! See what I did there? You see what I did there? We got that it. was impressive. <laughs> that was about as as on point as you know the real color orange. That was really good. <laughs> you you can't hear my eye roll in the podcast, can you? <laughs> Almost. <laughs> So, uh, you know, and, and poor Mike's over here. He's like, what are you guys in the SEC even talking about? Yeah, would, would you guys grow up a little bit? <laughs> yeah. like, Does Iowa State have sports? Uh, <laughs> no, we're an academic institution. Oh! That's what all the losers say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're all right. here all day, folks. We're here all We're going to edit this out. <clears throat> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, save us. What are we, what, what we going to be talking about today? Some uh, some of the great stuff that you guys have been doing there in Tennessee. Yeah, so Dr. Stripling and I, um, as well as the rest of our committee, we did research on mathematics efficacy and professional development um, in our great state of Tennessee. So you said math efficacy. Again, that efficacy, efficacy word, I can't say it. It's like a 14-point Scrabble word. What does math efficacy even mean? Um, so from my perspective and kind of my, my simple way of understanding, I, I feel like it's our, it's our confidence in actually teaching the subject, um, and making sure that, uh, we're preparing our students to actually do it. It's interesting when you think about teaching math, you know, there's been a few of those times where as an ag teacher, you know, you've got a lesson coming that's a little over your head. <laughs> and it's so interesting how as an ag teacher, we always, we seem to like gravitate to the content that we're most confident in. And I sure know there were a few times in some of the, that Florida curriculum that had so much science in it. There was a few times some of the math 
it, it does, it gets challenging. And, um, so I'm, I'm very curious as ag teachers, you know, how, how we can build that confidence. Cause there's a lot, you know, so much content to know. Right. So, um, one of the reasons that I was very excited about this research at our school, um, we've been, uh, pushed towards, uh, supporting the whole, the whole school and supporting all the subjects that we teach. And so, um, you know, a, a lot of our ag teachers in Tennessee don't, don't necessarily see that we do teach, uh, teach a lot of math in our curriculum. Um, and so I think that overcoming that barrier was probably the first, first thing that, uh, that we'll do to, to really get, um, these teachers to, to realize how important it is. Um, you know, I was on a committee, um, in 2015 at our school, um, about ACT score improvement. Um, and to be just completely honest with you, um, I was not very confident in my math ability, um, when, when I joined that committee. And so, um, I, I basically, uh, became a lot more confident in it by trial by fire. I jumped right in. Um, I, I taught my students math every single day. Um, and I think as, as teachers, um, sometimes we stay just a step or two ahead of our students. And that's what I had to do some days was just stay, uh, just a little bit ahead of my students and make sure that, uh, that I could answer those questions. But some days, um, some days it was a struggle, but we made it all the way through. So, so give us the, the big, the big reveal here. What did you guys find in this study regarding math efficacy with our ag teachers and the group that you work with? I'll, I'll give a brief overview and I'll let Dr. Stripling give some more of the details. Uh, but we actually determined that we had, um, actually, a a number of teachers in Tennessee who were pretty, had, had pretty low efficacy of teaching mathematics, which I think was, uh, somewhat unexpected. Yeah, and so this was a replication of a work that was done in Wyoming. And in Wyoming, about 40, I think around 47% were moderately efficacious in their mathematics ability. In Tennessee, that number was close to like 28%. And so um, we, had a, we had a lot fewer teachers who felt confident, or at least moderately confident, in their ability to teach math, but also to help their student. Um, learn a mathematics concept. Uh, and so that was a surprise to both of us that it was that much of a difference from one state to another. Right. It's interesting. It makes me think about, um, when we think about efficacy, I always go back to that. There was a study done um, a while ago where they asked ag teachers, how good are you at, you know, science or math? And they said, oh, I'm real. I'm real good. Like, I've got this. And then they said, well, great, that's awesome. So let's go ahead and take this, this quiz and let's just see, I mean, how confident should you be? And they, they weren't as um, proficient in the exam as they were their confidence in the subject. And sometimes I think, I mean, I'm not saying anything about any state, but I am saying if a state is teaching a really high level curriculum, sometimes your efficacy could go down when you're in the middle of a really tough curriculum and you have to face the fact that you don't know the math. And then if, you know, if you're not in a heavy math curriculum, you haven't been exposed to that. So you might be feeling like you're a, you know, math baller, and then you have to, you know, finish a math problem and it's tough. So I wonder if some of that might've been going on with this um, desire for maybe some more rigor in your math. What do you guys, could that be the difference there? I think I think some of it goes back to what Jason was talking about. Not only in his school, I think a push across the state was to incorporate more of the ACT concept. 
And so they probably just come off of that. And so they were um, seeing the math that was going on in their school. They were looking at the math more in their curriculum, realizing that, hey, we really did not know how to teach it. Because uh, a couple of years ago, we did a study with pre-service teachers and found out basically what you were saying. They had high math efficacy, but low ability um, in a national study. And so, um, so yeah, that may have been one reason. And there was a lot of talk at that time around the Common Core still, and um, which also brought attention to the mathematics. And so we may have gotten a truer assessment of their math efficacy and not an inflated um, assessment based on, you know, their past experiences or those other indicators that come into building efficacy. Mm-hmm. So there was another piece of the study, too, where you talked a little bit about mathematic teaching outcomes <clears throat> and expediency there. Jason, can you tell us a little bit about what you found there? Uh, I've got to look back through this a little bit. We can, we'll you probably a need a little bit words, of a break Mike. here. <laughs> I, and I stumbled over them. So, uh, Those words were super big. That sounded yeah. super Iowa State academic. I'm just going to say it. I've spent my day with high school kids today, so um, using using words that big, I it just blows my mind a little bit. Uh, would you repeat what you said to me? So you talked a little bit about uh, uh, math teaching outcomes as well, mm-hmm. and teachers' um, expectancy related to that. Um, I think that was a you know I, I, as I read the study, that was intriguing that uh, you looked at both pieces of that. And then I guess uh, um, down the road, as you as you look at that, one of the intriguing things that I would like you to talk to us a little bit about, because I think it has some implications to um, to uh, our egg teachers out there, is really um, that the the teachers in the study really had a higher um, um, expectancy than they did efficacy when it came to um, their confidence for teaching math. Uh, versus uh, their desired outcomes and their ability to teach math. So I think uh, I think that'd be good to have a little conversation about uh, those two pieces and uh, kind of what you guys, as you were doing this research and trying to make some sense of it, what you were trying to really struggle with and make sense out of it. Yeah, so that, it, was, it was interesting that they felt um, that their students uh, – would learn more math and their ability to teach math, basically. They, they, they would gain more out of their instruction than they personally felt that they had the ability to teach math. And so um, we didn't look at why they felt their students could overcome their lack of ability to teach it. Um, but that was, a, that was definitely an interesting finding in that they felt that their students could overcome it. Uh, but I also think that may go back to some of this idea about how efficacy is built. And so we, we looked at, in a different study, you know, why was this discrepancy that we just talked about in ability and efficacy? And some of that went back to, well, I was able to do it in high school, and I made good grades, or I got through my college math, so surely I could teach the math standards at a high school level. Or they actually saw using someone else to teach the math as an appropriate instructional strategy. And so maybe that was part of it too, that, you know, I don't have the ability, but maybe there's someone else in my school that I could bring in to teach that one component. Or um, in this study with pre-service teachers, they even mentioned another student, having another student explain it. 
And so that was very interesting that they thought that was appropriate. And so that may explain some of that variance um, in the study, but we, we don't really know because we didn't particularly look at that. You know, I think one thing that's interesting, if, if I'm an ag teacher, I'm listening to this, you know, some of the best um, tactics that I've seen is, you know, when an ag teacher comes up against a math problem and they kind of share that idea of like, guys, this is over my head, but let's figure this out. And I feel like a lot of times in a school system, it's nice when the math teacher is the expert and they're teaching that all the time. But in terms of like, you know, so many students, I hear them say the phrase, you know, I'm just not good at math. And they have that entity belief of I'm innately like my DNA, my, my aptitudes are not there for math. And you hear so many kids say that in school. The research tells us that, you know, if a student makes that conclusion, they're in trouble, their performance will wane. So it's interesting to me. I think this idea of if I'm an ag teacher, just saying, I don't know that either, but I bet we can figure that out. If we work hard enough, we can figure that concept out. Let's dive into that. And I think it also innately starts to speak to that incremental belief that if we work at it and, and, and you know, learn it, it's kind of nice, I think, when an ag teacher can say, I, I don't know that, but let's find it out. So I wonder, you know, if for an ag teacher, that could be a good practical way to support learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think our ag teachers are very um, goal-oriented. And so, um, you know, when I think about doing, doing math in my classroom, like I said, some days it's just a little over my head. And so, like you said, just working through it together, making sure that we understand that I'm not an expert at this, but it's important to know because um, at any point in your life, uh, when you leave Daniel Boone High School, you could be faced with doing some sort of math, whether it's at the grocery store or on the job or anywhere in between. Um, I think that uh, making sure that our students understand that that using this is actually going to be something that uh, that they can that they'll do in the future. And I think that's one big takeaway that I hope folks get with this study. I mean, we we could sit here and say, "Oh my gosh, we say there's all this math in the school-based ag ed curriculum, and all these teachers say they don't know math. We're we're screwed. What are we going to do? Our hair's on fire." Or we could say we're going to use this as a strategy to say, okay, y'all, we, we got this math. We all struggle with this. Let's figure this out. And, let, and let's really model the right language to do this. Because, I, I mean, I'm living this. I, got, I have an eighth grader in my house. Last night, we were doing eighth grade math. I have never felt so incompetent in my entire life as trying to do eighth grade math. Uh, when you're looking at that. And, you know, I've got to watch what I say, even as a parent. And I'm sort of trying to the classrooms like, oh, this new math back in my day, we just added rocks, you know, but you know, I can, I can either make that excuse and then they get that from me or we say, Hey, let's, let's figure this thing out and really show that resilience and that ownership to do those things. I think I, I hope that's what ag teachers get from this is the basic math that we use is so important and we have to make sure we're modeling for our students, how to tackle these problems. It might be a math problem today. It's going to be something else tomorrow. I just want to go on the record to just formally just formalize that Brian just admitted that he learned math by counting rocks. So I just want to go ahead and make sure that we formalize that and get it in the record. Uh, Tennessee folks, this would be a great time for a little Florida jab if you wanted to go at it. But I guess it would be more of an Illinois jab. It would be. Well, it was so long ago, the rocks were still warm because the magma was still just cooling. 
back with the yeah. we were dealing with. The I figured rocks. it would be counting corn cobs or something. <laughs> we had other we had other jobs for those. <laughs> and I think another takeaway is that. Um, Thanks for pulling us back in, Christopher. Yeah, great, try, job. Try, great segue. Great try. segue. That was is, that, <laughs> is that if you look in the study, there were there were different needs based on their mathematics efficacy, and so whether you were had high efficacy or low efficacy, there were still needs. And so in any subject area, you know, we're all should be, you know, that buzzword of lifelong learners, but it's okay, regardless of where you're at on the spectrum, to seek out those opportunities, to seek out that professional development, to try to collaborate with your math teacher or ask your administrator to send you to some PD or something like that. And so I think that's another thing that we should look at is, we can all improve no matter where you're at on the spectrum, but sometimes we got to be our own advocate and ask for those opportunities to receive that professional development. Yeah. And I know we, we talk about all of our various uh, academic uh, coursework as being important and writing's important and, and uh, science is important, but I think, I think mathematics uh, gets a, a bad rap at times. I think it's super important that we continue to um, show students like Brian and Marshall and you're all talking about that we need to struggle through it together um, because uh, just the mentality that we got to take this math class, we're going to pass it, and we're never going to have to use math again. It's kind of a mentality, and, and we perpetuate that quite a bit. And in reading this article and preparing for this, I, I remember a bumper sticker I saw not long ago, and it said, do math, and you can do anything. And I was like, hey, there's probably some truth to that because of, of how math gets integrated into so many different things. So mm-hmm. and we just got to knock down that stereotype and, and uh, uh, negativity, negativity around uh, math. So I, I think this is a neat study for doing that. Yeah, and then we should, you know, take our, take ownership in that um, math is part of agriculture. And, you know, it's up to us to, to help our students understand that and to show them how it is applied in our context. Um, and we talk about science a lot, agri-science, but math is just as integrated into that context as the science and as part of the science and so we probably don't do a good job of connecting that with our students like we should mm-hmm. and those models of how to teach math now this study didn't really look at that but a lot of them you know they emphasize the context first you know when an ag teacher jason you can back me up but um you probably think about teaching it from a traditional standpoint at the beginning, so how they would learn it in their math class versus teaching it from our contact, context and then transitioning to that traditional approach to show them connections. You know, and yeah, it, makes you me know. Think, it makes me think about that math and CTE model, going back to Dr. Edwards' work. <coughs> so as an ag teacher is saying, like, what, I'm, I'm supposed to teach them their math? Well, Dr. Edwards would say, start teaching them ag mm-hmm. and then bring out the math in ag that's already there. And then you need to take a little TV time out and go practice the math strategy and make sure you get that tightened up and then come back to ag and get back to, into the context. I think that's where a lot of ag teachers are like, holy cow, I don't have time to teach ag. Not to mention that now I have to teach math. But I think it's more pulling the math out that already exists and making sure that we're tightening that up 
before we jump back into, you know, calculating fertilizers. Well, there are some math principles that need to be just touched up on before we get back into calculating fertilizers. So I love that concept for ag teachers of just pulling out the math that's, you can't avoid it in your lessons. It's there, just pulling that out. Right. We got to be yeah. the key teams of it. I, th- I think, like you said, most of it is there. It's just a matter of, of I think, us feeling confident enough in ourselves to teach it, um, as well as making sure that our students understand that, that this is math. You know, when we talk about a soil texture triangle or Pythagorean theorem or, or anything along those lines when we're building a ramp or whatever, um, I think that, uh, that just making sure that um, our students realize that is real practical information that will probably be useful uh, especially if they go into a career uh, that deals with something like that. Okay, so quick idea. If I'm an ag teacher, let's have a lightning round. What are ways I can increase my own math knowledge? So if I'm feeling that I'm not equipped for math as an ag teacher and I'm listening to this, let's have a quick lightning round. What can I do? What resources can I go to? Because, you know, so that's kind of hard. Like ag teacher PD and ag is easy. Learning how to fit a cat, cow is easy. Fit, learning how to do land judging is easy, but where are those opportunities? So let's, I'm curious in some feedback for teachers, where do you go? What opportunities are there to improve your math? So one I was thinking about was I would go to my local ag, you know, either the local ag co-op or the local ag, some, some, somebody I would bring in for a guest speaker and ask them specifically, what's the math you guys use every day in what you're doing and helping to practice that? Because then Frame it from the standpoint is I need examples to teach the math, but that would be teaching me the math that they that they use every day to help do that. I would I could go back and practice, and even if I needed the math course, so some of that individual kind of stuff, those those practical examples might be a great way to gain those skills. Collaborating with your math teachers or even science teachers, and so um, having a more integrated curriculum across those different disciplines. Seeking out their help, not in the math and CTE work you, you mentioned, the key, one of the keys to that was they were partnered with a math teacher and they developed those things together. And so I think that's a really important one. Wouldn't it be crazy to go to a math professional development conference with the math teachers? It'd blow their mind. <laughs> It'd be awesome. One thing that I used was ACT practice books. Um, mm you know, that was, that was our focus and still is our focus. And so looking through the, through those books now, not everything uh, in those books is necessarily relevant or can be anywhere close to relevant to what we do. Uh, But pulling those questions out, um, studying them myself and then giving them to my students uh, was really useful. Um, In two, two and a half, three years, we raised our ACT score, uh, basically a point and a half. And I feel like that, uh, that that work really, really contributed to that. I know it's goofy, but Khan Academy, that, I mean, if you need to tighten up a subject before you come into class the next day, Khan Academy has just done really well. And when I was teaching sustainability science, um, sometimes the organic chemistry would get confusing. And so I found, I'll just admit it now, I'm far enough away. Um, there's those books that are like organic chemistry for dummies. And it's just the core principles of organic chemistry to help bone up my organic chemistry before that day. And I know they have the same books for like college algebra or calculus or trigonometry or geometry. So those were always kind of cool resources. Yeah, and I, as a teacher myself, I always kept um, an algebra book, a geometry book, those types of books, just to 
reference back to myself. Um, because you know, a lot of times we have to reteach ourselves. Yeah. It'd be great to go go down and see if the math teacher has one you can borrow. That way you're using the same one that the, the students are using. So that way you're using the same language. You can actually use some examples from there to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been phenomenal stuff. I really appreciate you guys sharing it. I like that we wrap things up there with some great examples. Ag teachers, again, not only is it important to, to really uh, bone up on our math skills and make sure we're highlighting the math we teach, but also it's the way we approach this stuff. So there's a lot of things that we can be doing here. I really encourage you to reach out to, to Jason and Christopher out there. To, when you have more information, they got some great stuff. We'll have contact information and more uh, stuff, ways to, to learn and see what they're doing there in the in the great state of Tennessee. Um, and one question I forgot to ask, Jason, did you do that? Were you a full-time grad student doing this or were you at, were you teaching in high school when you were doing this as well? I was teaching full-time as well. That's what I thought. And so that what I thought was a great example, teachers. While you're out there, you're doing great stuff, but I'm sure there's a lot of long nights and hard work to do that. But when you're out there as ag teachers, there is the opportunity to do things like this and really do impactful real-life work that answers real questions. And congratulations, Jason, for doing that great work. I know that having a great uh, partner there at the university with Christopher really helped out a lot, I'm sure. Uh, but can, I just want to commend you for that. and want to make sure that everybody knew that's that I thought that was the case, but I wanted to ask before I, before I said something, uh, the, the way that you did that. So, so great job there. So look these guys up, check them out. Um, and appreciate, look forward to the conversations here on the Facebook page and everything else. And so, uh, for everybody from Al Pellage, Jason and Christopher, thank you guys so much for being here with us. You're welcome. Thank you. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Al Pellets. Please visit our webpage for more information on this topic and to learn more about all of our guests. Be sure to follow Al Pellets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. It would also be great for you to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, we ask that you please take a moment and comment on our podcast so others can find it as well. So for Kate, Marshall, and Mike, this is Brian here by the Owl Pellet saying thank you and we look forward to seeing you again on another episode of Owl Pellets, Tips for Ag Teachers.